are listening to A Cup of Confidence with Erin Rector. Tips, tricks, and stories on how to succeed in sales and life. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Cup of Confidence with Erin Rector. So I am your host, Erin Rector, and so excited to have my guest today. I have uh, Linda Babalik, who is a zesty executive life coach and author of number one international bestseller, Zest Your Life, A Taste of Inner Wisdom. So let's just get to it. Linda, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, I know that's one heck of an introduction. If you would like to introduce yourself to my audience. Well, certainly a big part of what I do is to move people with a cup of confidence so that they do, they go from being confused to gaining clarity. And what clarity does is it gives you that confidence to go ahead and do what you want to do, be who you want to be, and then you're going to have what you want to have. As you mentioned, I'm the author of a number one international bestseller. I have over 25 years of experience in the public, private, not-for-profit sector. And I've worked with people from all walks of life, from inmates serving life sentences to the Right Honorable Kim Campbell, the first female prime minister of Canada. And I hosted my own show for three years on stage. I had a stage show where I would get six speakers come and tell a story from the heart, three men and three women. Oh my gosh. That's wow. That's phenomenal. What an experience. I'm so happy to have you here to share your stories with our audience today. And so today, Linda and I are going to be talking about how to have juicy, effective conversations between men and women. So let's dive in. Well, certainly being on stage and having men and women on my stage it builds your confidence. You know, the day, the first opening night and the place was packed, I'd sold it out. And I, I just was going on adrenaline more than confidence. But every (laughs) month I got more and more confident because I was doing it. And that's how you gain confidence is by doing it. You'll never learn to ride a bike or learn how to swim or to dive by reading a book. You can only gain that confidence by doing it and you'll get better and better at it. And it's the same thing with conversations between women and men. Now, this is just a snippet of a larger presentation. It's one of the talks that I do. So there are three keys and we'll see what we can cover in our short time together. So key number one is to acknowledge that words are interpreted and understood differently. So when we say he's ambitious and when we say she's ambitious, it doesn't always mean the same thing. It's not interpreted in the same context because for so long, men being ambitious has been good. And we had that in the green room conversation and women being ambitious wasn't. So we need to be careful of what language we use, depending on what gender we're talking to. And it could be, um, she's feisty. (laughs) That's I've never heard a man being called feisty. That is so true. That is so true. I agree with you. I don't think I've ever heard a man be called feisty, but women feisty or maybe a dog, but yeah, definitely not men. (laughs) It's not necessarily a compliment. You know, it's where if they call me zesty, I'm okay with that. 
And if you call me feisty, you haven't even begun to see how feisty <laughs> I can get. So you want to really just be aware. And I walk through more of that in my program is how words are interpreted differently. And also remember that there are cultural differences. Not everyone speaks the English language the same way. I remember being at a teaching and I said, you have to cross the T's and dot the I's. And he said, I don't know what that means. Oh, wow. And because I think it was from Denmark. And I wrote the word in lowercase on the board, A-T-T-I-T-U-D-E, did not cross the T's, did not dot the I's. I said, can you read that? Oh, wow. He says, no. I said, now we're going to cross the T's and dot the I's. He went, oh, I get it oh. now. So we want to keep in mind that sometimes some of the expressions we use are not acceptable and or sometimes just plain misunderstood. That's such a great point. And that's so funny because immediately I I thought of my five-year-old and some of the comments that I'll make around the house being like, I think recently I said to him on a whim and he said, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. You have no idea what that means to you. I was like, it's a phrase. And I had to explain it to him, but it was, uh, it, it's so funny. I think that for me, when relating to my child, I have to st take a step back and think of those things that I've just said for years. Like another term my mom used all the time that I guess is a Northern thing <laughs> is a wild hair. I got a wild hair to do this. And I've realized as an adult, a lot of people don't know what that term means. So very interesting point. makes a lot of sense. There are lots of expressions like right. that because it's so regional and what you say in one country is not accepted in another country. Yep. And there's another program that I talk about, about um, making a powerful first impression, how to hand a business card. And in Japan, you hand it with two hands. You receive it with two hands because oh. that's their identity. It's tied into their business card. And you never, ever, ever write on anybody's business card in front of them. Wow. It's not acceptable behavior in Japan. And oh. quite frankly, I don't, you know, you could walk away and then you could write where you met them or, or right. keep all in a separate place and then write where you met them when you get home. But it's disrespectful. And that's the thing about words, uh, being an author and loving words we need to be very selective about the words that we choose and the words that we don't choose. So that was the first key to acknowledge that words are interpreted differently and understood differently. It's hard to have a conversation with someone if as soon as you open your mouth, you've offended them. <laughs> very true. Good point. <laughs> it's hard well, to recover I, from that. I compare it to a conversation to an orange. So the orange is whole and complete. It holds all the potential. So does the conversation. But when you open the orange, are you peeling it back gently or are you just ripping it open? That's your introductory sentence. Are you arriving with a smile and an open heart? And then what happens after that? You know, are you going to have an intent for a smooth conversation that's going to go well? Or did the orange squirt you in the eye? Right. <laughs> Just like when somebody starts a conversation and they're in your face. Oh, so my gosh. I love that. <laughs> there's, it's a very good metaphor. Well, not, not really. I love the metaphor. I don't really love the juice in the face. <laughs> so another part, another key is the posture influences conversations. 
especially between women and men. And you notice I'm saying women and men. And it's a little test because when people get back to me and they say men and women, it's like, oh, you weren't really listening. Right. (laughs) I said women and men. So men like to converse side by side. I go to any construction site, go to the fishing bank and people, the men are fishing and they're side by side. Women like to speak face to face. And we will even maneuver ourselves so that we are face to face. I did a lot of training with the auto parts suppliers to Honda, and I taught them my program called Fundamentals of Leadership. And I taught this in my class. And one of my supervisors, a male, and their courses were a week apart, so they had a chance to test the theories, which is what I wanted So he tested this particular one with one of his female direct reports. And she placed herself right in front of him and he walked to her side. She put herself in front of him. She walked (laughs) to her side. And then he could see that she was getting uncomfortable. And so he tried to position it so that she no longer could be in front of him. She had to be beside him. Wow. And it was so great that he shared this with the group, because what he noticed was not only was she very uncomfortable, but so was he. Have you ever noticed when you're in a car with a man and you're driving and he's on your right side, he's going to be much more open to a conversation. That is so that's so eye opening for me because I never really, you know, real realized that, I guess. And. So my husband and I, we literally just took a road trip this past weekend and he was in the passenger seat. I was driving and it was the most we've ever like chatted (laughs) ever. And it just happened that way. It wasn't really uh, done on purpose. I think he just wanted to eat his lunch and not have to drive. So that's so funny. And also, um, also this past weekend was my aunt's birthday and we had seven women together and I had sat next to her. And her sister who had like planned the party, she said, no, 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 Aaron, I want you over here. You need to be across from each other, but I never even put that together. Uh, That's so, that's so eye-opening. Wow. I I love that you shared that. And I have a lot of research to back this. When I do my full presentation, you find out a lot of the sources for it. So it's very important for us to keep that in mind. And the other piece that I'll give you is when he's on your right, you're speaking into his left side. And the left side is the feminine receptive side. Wow. The masculine side is the right side, is the active side. So you want to be speaking into his left side, which only in North America is when you're driving and he's on your right. Now, in England, it's different. Right. And there's a story that goes about this couple that were American couple and they were in England and he was driving. So she was talking into his left side. And when she talked to him, probably was giving him driving instructions. um, It went very well. When they got back to North America, he wasn't near as receptive. That's amazing. And I mean, that is so true. I'm just relating that back to my own life right now, because typically uh, whenever we take trips or vacations or whenever my husband drives, typically I'm in the passenger seat and we just don't 
we just don't talk much. Um, but then this last time, I mean, we chatted the whole time and I was like, this is great. Like what, what is happening? But this is perfect timing too, for our conversation today. (laughs) You know, the secret. So if you propose something, I'm driving from now on (laughs) and don't sit across from each other, which would be our women. We would do that. Sit beside him on the couch and make sure that you're sitting on his left side. Yeah, that's crazy. And then you can have, you can turn your body a bit towards them. I mean, you don't want to be shoulder to shoulder. Right. But certainly, you know, you can open your body language to talk to them, but make sure you're sitting on the left side. I teach my clients this. I work with a lot of clients that work in large male organized, dominated organizations. Yeah. With women coming in. So if you know anyone like that, that would like me to come to speak to them, I'd be oh. very happy to do that. Yeah, And I said to her, where are you going to sit in the meeting? So she wants to make sure she's the regional head of sales. She wants to make sure that whoever she's offering a proposal to is sitting on her right. So she's talking into his active receptive side. She was so excited when she got back to me. This was a huge organization that she was pitching to. And it went extremely well. Well, I'm in sales, so I am I'm taking these notes. (laughs) Awesome. I've got a lot of those kinds of tips that are really helpful. And my so that was the second key. So the first one is acknowledge that words are interpreted and understood differently. Key number two is posture influences conversation. So side by side or face to face. And then key number three is who needs what? What are the top human needs for women and for men? So the top human need for women is self-respect. And if a relationship is going to go bad and someone's putting us down, the first thing they do is they'll attack your self-respect. And we need that to build all our, our other needs on. Now, this comes from my shamanic teacher. I went on my first vision quest in 2003. And this is her teaching. So that's what women need. And then you build your other wheel of needs on top of that. So always remember that when you felt down and you look at your past, you'd probably lost your self-respect. And when you feel really good, it's when you respect yourself and you're standing there in your power. Now, what's men's number one need? You know, we have the wheel of needs. There's eight needs. And the only one we have in common is communication and women and men do it completely separately. Yes. So the man's number one need is to generate or to provide something so that the man brings home the bacon. Right. (laughs) That's their primal need. They need to do that. They need to provide. So if you're talking to them and they have an idea because they need to generate ideas. Right. And you say, well, that's dumb. That's the fastest way, or that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's the fastest way to put them down, demoralize them. Watch wow. the body language. I mean, they just shrink down. Their whole ego is damaged because they're generating these ideas. Right. That's why when we go to them and we say, I have a problem, or we're just talking about our problem. They jump in with the solution. They want to generate ideas. Right. And as women, we don't necessarily want them to solve our problems. We're just talking about it. But they have this need to generate ideas, whatever it is they need to generate and provide something. 
And their second need is they want everybody to know about it. How many women go around and go, hey, look, I'm pregnant. Look what I did. <laughs> we don't do that. But the guys do. The guys do because they have this need to generate and to provide. And if we say to a man, I have an issue, watch the body. They just shrink back down because to mm. them, saying you have an issue is something insurmountable. It's like, I, I don't know how to solve that. But if you say... I could use your help could with a problem. They love the word problem. Women, oh, we don't like to say problem, but it's what they need to trigger the solution. So That's, we don't like to yeah. say, I mean, when was the last time you admitted you had a problem? We're just not very good at it. That's why no. we're not good at asking <laughs> for help because we yeah. never say, oh, I got a problem. Right. No, we don't. But no. if we want help, we need to present it to them in a way that is receptive. Goes back to key number one, the words are interpreted differently. So we want to be really clear that this is a problem I could use your ideas with. And the more we reinforce, oh, those are good ideas. I'll take those under advisement. That's right. a good idea. The more they feel validated because they've generated something and provided you with the solution. That's amazing because so, you know, just listening to you speak about this and again, relating it back to my own life and own relationships, past and present, and the, everything you said is just so true. And I have actually, especially with my husband, I have figured that out, but didn't really have like a I guess a title to put over it, <laughs> but it makes complete sense. Whenever I go to him asking him like, Hey, I, I need you to help me with something. I mean, that's when he perks up and he's like, I can fix it, you know? And when I told him that we were pregnant, <laughs> oh my gosh, I like, I did not expect the reaction. Cause we were just like, eh, we'll see what happens. And we got pregnant very quickly. So I was like, I was terrified to tell him. And when I told him, man, he was so proud. He was like, yes, I did it. I knocked you up. <laughs> that's Way awesome. Generate. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, recap. You know, you really can improve your problem solving skills because problems are solved with effective conversations. And that's what we're looking for. And you can increase that clarity because confusion costs time and money. Absolutely. And Absolutely. to create that this better understanding because misunderstanding causes chaos. We waste so much time just with the wrong word, the wrong phrase turned the wrong way. And it's sometimes interpreted like in an offensive way when that's not what I meant at all. And then right. you have to untangle where if we have the right tools and techniques, which is what I teach, so that you can go into the conversation with the right deck of cards that's got the right words on it, then you're going to be better prepared for your conversation and you set an intent that how you want it to come out. You want it to be positive, to create more clarity, to have more confidence as you step into conversations, even if in the past they might have been uncomfortable for you to speak in front of a group of men. And now right. you know you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've taken away so many tidbits from this conversation and, you know, being in sales and having conversations with, 
men and women, actually mostly men. Uh, this has been super helpful for me. So I'm so excited to be able to share this with my audience today. And, you know, we do have a little bit of time left. I would love for you to talk to us about your book. Oh, all right. Great. So my book came about, well, it's called Zest Your Life, A Taste of Inner Wisdom. It's endorsed by Dr. Joe Vitale of The Secret, if you remember him. Oh, yeah. And wow. Marsha Weeder, who's the CEO of Dream University. She's been on Oprah about six times. And it hit number one on the, it's an international bestseller. And how it came about was I was at a women's circle and I said something. And somebody said, you know, if you did a workshop on that, I would come. And I went, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> and then I talked to my shamanic teacher about it. And she said, you've been talking to me about this for six months. So how long would it take you to put that workshop together on effective conversations? I said three weeks. Because remember, I was teaching it corporately. Right, right. And so I put a workshop together and I massaged it to be oriented towards women. So okay. I did a series of workshop and it was uh, Awaken the Woman Within. It became the four parts in my book. Awaken the Woman Within, Mind, Body, Zest. I think I did one on spiritual sexual zest, which is not in the book. <laughs> it needs to be. <laughs> it's a separate book. Right. Oh, okay. How to Create Emotional Maturity and How to Connect Mind, Body and How to Live Your Zest. So I workshopped it and I workshop everything I do because I don't want to be presenting something that just worked for me. I want to right. prove and validate every single thing in my book works, not just for me, because I saw the women in front of me change before my very eyes. So I ran this session, the four sessions, and then I revised and then I did it again. And then I added on a vision session, because if we want to know where we're going, we need to have absolute clarity about the vision. What are our dreams? What are our desires? So we put that in there. And then I, when I rewrote it again, I wrote it in a manuscript form. And that's what became my book. In the book, there are exercises. Oh, so wow. you see a square in the book. That's an oh, exercise. Yeah. And you can print off the workbook. So you don't have to scribble in the little spaces in the book. You oh, can that's print smart. Yeah. And do the workbook work. Uh, everywhere you see a shaded spot, it's an affirmation. Oh, wonderful. So there are affirmations like, I release my fears. I am safe and in control of my life. Oh, I love that. So affirmations are huge for me. Um, I actually have just stumbled across some fairly recently in my life and they just, they really have been a game changer for me personally. So I love that you include those in your book. Um, I did want to touch on something though. Um, something that you said about, you know, your book and your pro, you know, your program, it's not just what worked for you. And I think today we see so many things out there. This worked for me, but the fact that you have, you know, really put this to the test and you know, it, it's, proven to work for, for other women. I think that that's absolutely phenomenal and just says so much about who you are and, and the program as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So it, this has just been such an eye-opening conversation for me. So I am so happy that you joined me today. Just being able to share your wisdom and stories with others is just incredible. So I personally thank you uh, for not just being here, but for the work that you do. It means a lot. 
Oh, thank um, you. I'm very honored that you chose me to have you to have me as your guest. Oh, it really means a lot to me. Absolutely. So um, as we wrap up here, I would like for you to tell the audience, where can we find you? Where can we get your book and where can we learn more about you? My book is available on Amazon and there are resellers, but I made sure when I put it on that I resold it at a little lower price. So make sure you go in and get the lower price because that's for me. My original publisher did not pay me any royalties. And gotcha. I got my public, my distribution rights back and I put it on Amazon. So to ensure that you're dealing with me, then um, go to the lowest price for it. It's available as an ebook and it is available oh, as a paperback book. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And awesome. uh, you can find me, send me a personal note. I answer my own email called Linda at lindababulic.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear what you thought of the podcast. If you would like to come and have me as a speaker uh, virtually right now, I'm located in the nation's capital in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm more than happy to bring the three keys of juicy, effective conversation techniques between women and men to your workplace. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much, Linda, for today. This was fantastic. Make sure that you find Linda, uh, send her an email and grab her book, uh, Zest Your Life, A Taste of Inner Wisdom on Amazon. And thank you so much for being here. And guys, until next time. Thank you for listening to A Cup of Confidence with Aaron Rector. Be sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you heard, make sure you share with your friends. 